0: G'day all, welcome to the Hardly Adequate Podcast. My name's Desi, and I'm a content developer and podcast host. This podcast is part of a series where I interview people who are in cyber and we understand their pathways to how they got to where they are today. If you're interested in learning more, jump onto my Discord server. You can grab an invite from my website, hardlyadequate.com. But this week, I've got Dave Alzegray joining me. Dave and I have a long history together, so we were both in the raft together and then both ended up working at the same company after we got out. So welcome Dave, thanks for giving up some of your time tonight and joining the podcast.
1: No, my pleasure and uh, thanks for having me. All
0: right, so first question I always ask everyone is, what is a normal day for you like?
1: Normal day for me is is a normally a quarter past six wake up by one of my little children, well, they, they won't let me sleep past that. So that, that is a normal a normal wake up. I, I think I'd be uh, normally in saying that, that coffee is the first thing that starts my day. And then after that, it's just uh, getting the kids out to school or, or daycare and then settling down in, in, in front of my laptop to start my normal work day. Or if it's Monday to Friday, which would be, you know, uh, sit down, check emails, check chats, figure out what's going on and then, and then potentially figure out what's going on with the rest of the world to work on, on on what I'm going to do next
0: you're mainly work from home aren't you because I know that there is an office but you're probably mostly from home
1: look and and most of the time I'm at home and you know our job we we don't really get to schedule when the calls come in or when we start work and being in different time zones you know your my my eight o'clock is the east coasts 8 30. Which is, you know, New Zealand's ten thirty or whatever it is. Uh, you know, people have started work and and and, and are waiting on you. So
0: which is my my seven thirty because we just don't do daylight savings. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's exactly that. So you know, you, you sit down, and you're like, you know, I'll, I'll take this call, I'll help this person out, and then it's like, oh, it's nine o'clock. Do I really want to? head into the city to, to to go into the office. But but look, I, I do my best. I mean, you know me well enough. I need I need people, I need connections. So I, I go into the office just to talk to people, probably less productive in the office for that reason. Cause I was like, oh, look, all these people to talk to. But yeah, that, that's my day.
0: I definitely feel that. Like it's great to catch up with people, but then you're like, how did I ever do this five days a week before? Like I, the productivity just dives. I mean, I, I think everyone knows unwritten knowledge, right?
1: And you bang on there. It's like, you know, it's who you who you know is just as important in this job and all jobs really as much as you, know, you can be a technical expert, you can be great in your field, you can be the best manager that, that exists. But if you don't have those those connections with the people that you're going to work with day in, day out, then then everything becomes harder.
0: Yeah, yeah, very true. So I want to go back a little bit before to a job you had where – you considered just before you got into cybersecurity. So I know we both had kind of like a transition into defense. You were probably doing it in your like network role there. So so maybe like the one before that. What were you What were you doing?
1: Yeah, so I was a person that wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in IT. I think I got my first computer when i was in about year eight the first thing i probably day two of, of after turning it on i was poking around in it i deleted the uh, auto execute file so my computer would not boot ever again for those people born after what 2000 you probably don't even know what that is so i had to learn how to fix it and, and that was me that was what like, there was no internet any other ways you pretty much had to pick up the phone and actually dial a number off a, off a little ring dial i'm sounding old here now and figure out who could help you, or you had to convince somebody to take it to a computer shop to fix. And and there was no way I was gonna tell my parents that I broke a computer after two days, that they've got to pay more money to go and fix it. So so that's how I got into computers. My probably main job in IT before I sort of joined the Air Force was uh, working in an internet cafe near near Holmes Glen in in Victoria. Um, There was a few of us that, that loved playing video games together, you know, you set up your LAN parties in in someone's house. And then this internet cafe opened and sort of, we all went there and they were struggling with their IT and, and getting things working. And so we sort of all jumped in and helped out and eventually ended up getting a job there playing video games for a living, but I really wouldn't call it a living It was probably less than minimum wage, but I mean, getting paid to play video games, like, isn't that the dream?
0: This is like, uh, yeah, pre-pre YouTube days where people just sit at home streaming games all the time. You were living it in real life.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing playing Counter Strike poorly, playing Starcraft poorly, but you know, met quite a few people, and, and some of them might actually end up uh, listening to this podcast. Who knows uh, wh- where they are now? That was probably my first job before joining so, sort of in IT before joining the raft. It was sort of somewhat got me to that point where I was like, I know that I want to do, I still want to continue this, this pathway with computers, but I just didn't know where and sort of ended up looking at what the Air Force had to offer. And so, so that, that could be me. I'll do it for six years. You and I both know that I'd spent three times that amount of time in, in the Air Force. So who would have thought?
0: Yeah, it's interesting the paths that we take that lead us to where we are now, that's for sure. Through that transition, when like you kind of joined the Air Force, kept doing IT, I know you've got a bit of a, a teaching background because like I've learned heaps of you and then we've been on courses together and we've kind of, we've talked on some other podcasts for those that have listened to the series and it, it'll probably be good to cover off again if people are jumping into just your episode. Just wanted to understand kind of all the self-study courses, mentors, and you're you're probably the first person on the podcast that's had probably the longest career in terms of, it and then into cyber like I, I think a lot of people come from different backgrounds and they come in so that the amount of courses and self-study that we talk about only covers maybe like four four or five years but you you've got this really expansive career where you not just courses but also learning on the job right so maybe just like not go through all of it because then we'd have a two-hour podcast but maybe maybe hit on some like clear highlights that you've had that you think definitely steered you in, into the right direction?
1: Yeah, look, I think there's a couple of things that probably come to mind. I mean, military training, we were lucky in the IT field that they would put us on all the courses that were available to, to the general public, except we didn't have to pay the, you know, the, the, the price tag that came with it. So I did, I did a lot of the Cisco um, CCNA type training I never went and did the CCNA exams because it just wasn't necessary for our role. But but I also did things like you know my open cabling license. So I've actually got my data cabling license. So I can go and wire up fiber and, and Ethernet ports in a house because you know I may need it one day. But it gives you sort of a different appreciation of the span of, of I guess roles and, and what you may need to do in the IT industry. Um, uh, funnily enough, I even got my uh, rigging course so I can um, get a crane to lift things up and over, uh, over for, on building sites if I needed to. And that, that was all sort of Air Force. And you might think, oh, what's this got to do with IT and, and cyber? It's more getting an understanding of the the people that you may have to interact with and, and the fact that you know it is a person that doesn't have your knowledge of, of IT and of cyber. And so while it's, a, it's training... But it's not training by the way that you would think about. It. It's not that hands-on training that we're learning, but it's training you to be sort of a better a better person with communicating with others. And I think I think that's probably a skill that no course can teach you. But by doing multiple courses and experiencing different types of things, you you get that learning that that, that is invaluable. And then probably the next part would be when you sort of going back to that networking side, when you finally solve that problem. I remember we were um, in in a foreign country once and and, and our satellites weren't working and we couldn't get a connectivity in. And then you sort of have that aha moment that, hang on a second, I remember doing this course, I remember doing this training, this training taught me this, and now if I actually apply it here, it's all fixed and everything's working. And you just get that aha moment where you realise that, You might do some training and you might not understand how it's relevant at the time. But then when it comes back to you, you're like, yes, this training is worth it. I don't know what what training is going to be relevant to other people doing this course or doing whatever courses they're doing. But I think if it's something that you're interested in, that's where you should be starting. Because there's no point in doing training that you're not interested in because you're not going to remember it.
0: It's really funny. So for our listeners, this will be like a month apart, but I actually interviewed, we had a very similar conversation um, like a couple of hours ago, but it, it wasn't so much around training. It was around like technical blog posts and you kind of read things sometimes and it's too technical and, but it's something that sticks in your brain. And then on top of that, we were like, you need to take good notes so that if you do come across it, you have your own personal notes reference that, like in pre-internet time was a little notebook that you might write in and it might be like, hey, go read this textbook or, or go to this reference and and go from there. But these days, like like I use Cherry Tree. I think Jaeger um, yeah, was using, I think he was saying Obsidian, but use whatever you want, but just make sure it's accessible for those kind of situations that pop up.
1: I'm I, Funny enough, I use Cherry Tree too. I've still got it. I've still got it. I still use it. I flick it over and I'm like, I know I have a note about this somewhere. I you know even blog posts you, you save your favorite blog posts because you know you might stumble across something you're like look I read this I don't need it right now but I may need it um, I think what catches people out the most I remember I got pushed by a former supervisor of mine to take a take the programming course during my postgrad. I hated the idea of, of programming. I didn't want to learn it, but I'm so glad that he pushed me to do it. But, you know, you go down these pathways of, oh, look, I'll look at what's on, um, not, not overclockers, I apologize, what's uh, a, a stack overflow? And the people there are so smart, but it doesn't help people like me who who are trying to learn. And so, you know, making sure that when you find something that's, that explains things the way you can understand, keep that and use that because you probably won't find that again, when you Google or, or DuckDuckGo or whatever you're, you know, you need it in the heat of battle, for want of a better term, and you can't find
0: it. Yeah, definitely. It's funny you say that because, like, I'm, I'm going back through, like, old, like, CTF investigations that I've been doing to create walkthrough videos, and some of my earlier notes were not as great as my later notes, and there's, like, I, I've just written in my notes, I was, like, found this on Google, and then did this, and now I'm struggling to, like, because I want to be able to provide a really detailed walkthrough to be like, here's the blog that I found, here's how I explain all. I'm chewing up so much time just looking for those blogs because the internet just pushes stuff down as time goes on. So you're not going to find those same results unless they're really popular and everyone has the same problem. But yeah, for niche things, it's hard. So to, like you've done a lot of certifications. Have you ever done uni... Well, I, I know you've done some TAFE courses. We've done TAFE. You did your how to train people. I forget what certification yeah, you like, did. TAFE. Uh,
1: yeah, so training and assessment. So that's a, your cert four in training and assessment. Yeah, I did that one.
0: Yeah, um, and then university. Have you do you do your masters?
1: So I, I've done my post grad in cybersecurity. So I, I didn't do a undergrad. I, I went from doing sort of the stuff we did through the military. Uh, I think that was a cert three. Then then did a cert four through sort of just on-the-job training and all of that. Then we did our cyber training and, and sort of in between before doing our cyber training that we both did, I went and did my post-grad in cybersecurity. So I sort of, I, I missed out on the undergrad, which was fine. To be fair, if I had my time again, I probably still wouldn't have been able to study as a you know, 16, 17 year old in, in year 12. But if I could, and if I could see the future and where I'd be, I'd probably want to go and do a computer science degree, I think. You know i look at the people some of the really good people in our industry and some of the ways they can sort of pull things apart and, and you sort of talk to them and they've got that you know that com- computer science background and it's like you know it's probably that next level that uh, look I, and i'm not saying i can't get there and people can't get there in the future if they keep studying but i feel like as a foundational if you if you're listening to this and you're 15 years old and you're about to start your VCE, HSE, whatever it is, in whichever state you are, um, you know, work hard towards getting into that, that comp sci if this is the field you want to be in. But by that same token, I consider myself fairly successful in in where I've got to in my career. So you don't necessarily need it. But it's probably, I think, the one, the one area where I'm like, you know, if I wanted to sort of excel that a little bit more that would have probably been it
0: i think that's really interesting cuz there's like obviously a lot of cybersecurity undergraduate degrees coming out lots of masters diplomas boot camps that kind of thing when i think about it like i think the cybersecurity degrees that come out like the feedback that i've got from all the guests that i've had on that have done them or students that i talk to that are doing it is that it's very broad and they're, they're interested in pentesting or they're interested in IR or they're interested in like strategic operations or whatever. And so they have an idea of where they want to go and they're doing this degree that is so general. Whereas I feel like ComSci, and, and you're right, like we know some of the same people that have done that and are very successful in that instant response space and, and pulling stuff apart. I think ComSci is good in that it's it gives you a good foundation, but it's not career broad because the, the two roles that you could go into is like a technical cyber role or a software developer. Yes. So if those interest you, then, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say probably a comp sci over a generic cybersecurity degree for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, bang on. And, yeah, if you're keen on on risk and compliance or, or you know, other areas that, yeah, as you said, are, are not so technical, then a generic cyber degree is perfect. Like like my postgrad was effectively people, people on doing their... their a bachelor's in cybersecurity, except I just had to write an extra 10 lines of code for the programming module because mine was the, uh, was the master's version,
0: you know, like I love how that's the master's programs in all uni courses. It's just like, do this one extra question in the assignment and you get a master's. I'm like, why didn't I just do that when I was in my undergrad? Then I would have come out with a bachelor and a master's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And pay three times the amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I think there's there is a place in the world for for the cybersecurity degrees, and and they're for those people who know they want to do cyber but don't necessarily know what area of cyber that would be. And, and and I was a little bit privileged back in you know, when we worked in the air force together. I, I was able to do you know tempest testing, so I learned that side of cyber. I was able to do the equivalent to GRC so I learned that side of cyber I was able to do you know secure DevOps so I learned that side and and you know with my ultimate goal of ending up doing incident response and 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 so I got there so so I got to sort of play and dabble in a lot of the other fields so I already knew where I wanted to be whereas if someone wasn't sure then yes definitely go out and do do the cyber degrees, um, or do do your TAFE courses?
0: Funnily enough, Jaeger had the same same advice. He said some because the team that he's hiring or has and he's hired for, he said some of the the best people in his team have just gone and done certs at like certificates at TAFE because it was more hands on, more practical. It's a shorter course. You you still have that hunger rather than spending three years at uni. I think.
1: And I think also like as somebody that's you know that looks for for what qualities people might need to join the team you want to know that that if you give somebody a task that they need to go study that they can do it now if that's by passing a TAFE or a certification or or going through uni then that's a good measure of of a person's ability to learn and the fact that they've gone through it and and done a certificate and sat down and passed the exam sort of tells you that they're interested in in what that topic is like you're not going to fork out you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars to do a certification if you're not really interested, or, or unless you you know you're full of money, and that's probably the other the other part. But yeah, look, I I think it's no learning is bad learning in tech, especially in what we do, because everything is interchangeable. You know, my my networking skills helps with forensics, helps with you know understanding risk when when it comes to you know building environments and networks like they're all interchangeable in cyber
0: it's also okay because I like I've seen this a lot in the industry I mean I've done it personally so I I started a masters in cybersecurity and I did like one subject and was like this is rubbish and just dropped it is don't be afraid to drop courses if you hit a point where you're like this isn't getting me to where I want to be and, like, maybe you did your first year, your bachelor's degree, and you, you learn a whole bunch, and then you got to it, and you're like, I'm actually not learning much, but there's, like, an associate program you can go join. Like, don't don't be afraid. Because you can always come back to the degree. I think your units are useful for, like, unless they've changed it, but it's, like, 10 years. So you can always, like, come back to a degree after you go and try something else and, yeah, maybe realize that you want to finish it. But it's individualistic where you want to go.
1: 100% agree with you there, like. Yeah, you bang on. If something's not working for you, there's no point in grinding it out because you're going to end up becoming bitter and twisted and not really enjoying what you're doing, which isn't going to make you a, I guess, a successful person on the inside of yourself. So therefore, how can you be successful on the outside? Um, I think we put too much pressure on on people, or especially when I was growing up, you know, too much pressure on finishing Year 12. Like you must finish Year 12. You must you must go to uni. Why couldn't I go to TAFE and do something that maybe I would have picked up IT a bit earlier and instead of working in an internet cafe, I I would have got a job at Telstra or, you know, whoever the big companies were in the 90s then and and started a different career path. I think there is plenty of room to figure out. I mean, I'm I'm happy to say I'm, I'm 42, I'm still learning. And I'm still studying and I'm still training and I learn new skills. So why can't other people do that too?
0: So we've kind of, we've actually hit on like the next two questions that I was going to ask. So we were, we were talking about like your pre-Cyber Self, which we kind of covered off and and that was great. And we also talked about the areas that you've been in, which like through your long career and from, even from when I know you have known you, like when I first met you, I think you were in the, the GRC part of the unit and i think had you been in tempest before that or yeah
1: i I walked into tempest so that was the i guess that was my first cyber
0: so for just quickly for any of the listeners listening so what tempest is is like emanations testing so it's about kind of the signals coming out of electrical devices so there was like testing about what and and especially um around like Dave could probably explain this better, but like information leakage, it was like a big thing that Tempest used to look for. But
1: Pretty much um, talking on radios, making sure that if somebody was having a conversation, that it couldn't be listened to by parties that, that weren't supposed to um, hear it and checking for that leakage, I guess. Um, there, there was a whole lot of other stuff that, that sort of you'd be able to test for. Signals jumping on phone lines to get outside of a building. Um, all that kind of stuff probably not as, well, look, I I look at it and it's still part of that that cyber realm and almost part of the original, I guess, cyber space slash space type security, I I guess, if if we think about it, if we want to go back to the uh, early wars, it's you know, anything, any information that you could get on on your enemy that that they didn't know was, was a tactical advantage.
0: Like, what was cool about it is that it's that bridge of, like, cyber physical, like you... Like, a lot of the time, technology is getting better, so you can be further and further away, but essentially, like, you you could be there, and the point was, it's like all the stuff with, like, the car hijacking things now, like, what, what kind of signals are running through the car, and can you hijack them to then unlock it, turn it on, everything like that kind of thing, so... I, like I love going to watch those talks at conferences when people do the, the hardware hacking and it's got that emanations piece to it, which I, I think is just so cool.
1: And I'm by no means an expert in radio waves and radio signals, but when you start sort of digging into it, you realize how much you don't know about that stuff. And, and you know, there's people that have been doing this their entire careers and you just like, you know, yes, it's a niche area, but it's it's still so relevant today, you know, people getting into the old school sort of roller doors because there was no in the garages because there was no security around the rf and the frequency and things like that it's like it just evolves and yeah i was reading i was reading about all that car stuff and i'm like who puts that together in their head that like hey if i do this i reckon i can start a car remotely and, and and take off from a from a key
0: fob i watched the talk that, and, and it's funny like you pick up all this little stuff that's like the boundary but you can still incorporate it into your daily job. So I watched a hardware hacking talk on um, like cloning cards from a particular system and they did a really good job at explaining it that um, like the high frequency cards have like encryption on it and they they're, they're hard, like they're not impossible to to get to but they're a lot harder. And the low-frequency cards like usually don't, or it's like a weird obfuscation that the cards and the system does. So if you can crack that, you can clone a card and then get in wherever. They went through ex- also explaining how normally companies set it up. So the because most companies don't swap all their cards at the same time, they put their system into a low- and high-frequency hybrid mode. And then, like all things, they just don't switch it off. So they might get rid of all their, like, well, they think they get rid of all their low frequency cards, but there might still be some floating around and then people can still break into buildings and that kind of thing. But like, it's uh, things like that now is like, I incorporate that into the questions that I ask when I consult. I'm like, what kind of physical security system do you have? What what mode is it configured in? And a lot of the time people are like, I have no idea. It's building management. Why would I care about that? And I'm like, well... So if someone can walk straight in and, and plug into an Ethernet port, like you're expecting that to be locked. So you're not going to defend the Ethernet port. But yeah, it's interesting.
1: It is interesting. And I, I assume all your listeners know that you've got like an electrical engineering background. And so...
0: I I think so. But I like, I don't really consider my... So I did mechatronics. So I don't really consider myself as an electrical engineer. Like I did a lot of microcontroller work and that was really cool. Burnt myself a lot soldering... I
1: think we, I think we've all done that. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> well, sorry. Not you're,
0: a, you're like, is this teapot? Oh, yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, why isn't it, why isn't that solder melting? Hang on a second. Oh, there we go. Yeah.
0: Let me test it with my tongue first. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think physical security. And I was talking to a few colleagues recently about still how easy it is to just walk yourself through a place if you act like you're supposed to be there.
0: Yeah, put a high put a high vis vest on and a lanyard with a little tag on it. No one's going to question anything.
1: I remember I used to um, work one of the large casinos. We were in one of the uh, we were one of the nightclubs where we, where we worked. We obviously had access to some of the back areas, and we used to just walk around and see what else uh, what else was around there. No one would stop you because they're like, "Oh, you're back here. You must you must be back here." I um, you just think, you know, these, it's an interesting it's interesting that that physical security and you know, it's not just you know, card security and, and everything else. It's people security too.
0: Yeah, it's all that, that layered approach, like the security in depth that everyone keeps talking about. But then you realize that it's not that deep, it kind no. of. No, the, o- the onion doesn't have
1: as many layers as what it should yeah. have.
0: Yeah, for sure. The next question that I did have was, what's been a highlight in your career so far? and And this can be cyber or otherwise, and it, it doesn't have to be, one if you've got a couple of them but i don't know what pops to mind when you think about it
1: this is probably going to resonate more so with the military folk that we know but my highlight is knowing that when i transitioned from government to to the private sector and and that that i did it and i made it like and when, when i say i made it like you know i'm not rolling rolling around in in cash and then making dollar bills fly, but like I could, I could do the job. Yep, I could do it. I could do it well, and 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 I wasn't just a a, a product of of the government and of the military. Uh, I I think for me, I still think back to that. Like you know, it's it, it's about the work. I, I love the work I do. I, I think every day is every day you solve a case. It, it, is a highlight every time you figure out how they got in or you know how they moved around or or what they did while they were there or you know you you find that have that aha moment that's always a highlight uh, i think for me but yeah the 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 transition from private from uh, government to to private so from public to private sector i think and, and and being able to do that just i think made me feel good about myself
0: um yeah I think I think that'll definitely resonate with more than just military. I, I think anyone that has been in a, a government role for a long time, like even people who are in APS or or even maybe contracting for for government, um, looking to get out in purely to private sector, yeah, it's it's a big jump. And the the longer you've been in, the scarier it is. Like that's definitely conversations that I've had with people. It's just so so safe to be with government.
1: I'm not telling people don't go work for the government. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I learned so much, like, yeah. I, you know, there were so many good things and it's got nothing to do with that. And, um, yeah, it's more that you know, for me, yeah, after, after all that time, um, that that's a highlight.
0: I know you've got two little kids and then busy work life and then a partner to still spend time with. Do you have any passion projects at the moment, cyber or otherwise?
1: At the moment, we're, we're in off season, but but my release was always going out and playing outdoor soccer, indoor soccer, um, whatever sport was available to me. That sort of my release. Um, I only sort of get get that hour, hour and a half sort of to myself because, as you said, you know, time away from my family is is a rarity, and I don't necessarily want to be away from them either. Once again, if we revert back to my military career, I spent a lot of time away. You know, I think I think at one stage, we'd, we'd figured out that in in the six years that I was in New South Wales, I'd been away for, for four years of that. I didn't have a family or, or a partner back then, but I spent a lot of time away. And then even when I did get found my partner, had my kids, I spent some time away. So I, I try to spend a lot of time with them. But yeah, sport's my release. It's not hard to convince me to come out and play a game or something or be it be a in for it for a sporting team it's just,
0: just that that's now just taking me back it's not when you're like it's not hard to get me out to play a game it's like i just remember we used to do like squadron sport like you military sport and all the time Dave would be like all right let's get as many people out there because i just want to play play some soccer or play some whatever we are doing ultimate frisbee whatever
1: yeah um and that's it like even now in the evenings if i get a message that hey can you can you feel in like yeah that's me that's that's my thing um, i think before that before i sort of when i had more time i was definitely big into a video game i still quite like a video game i just don't have i just don't find the time to just be able to sit down and play it and other than mario kart and i still play mario kart because i've got to get all the uh all the three trophies yeah i've got to get all the gold trophies but yeah i i never I, I don't think I ever really found a, a I guess a, a technical hobby because I quite enjoyed researching problems. Like, you know, if I knew that there was an issue that I had to fix the next day at work, I would spend time reading up about it, and and that was a, that was my hobby, trying to find the solution. But then obviously, as as you start getting to to where I am now, I can't really spend. or five hours a night sitting in front of a computer researching things because then yeah yeah i don't think um i don't think that would go down very well
0: so thinking into the future next six to twelve months do you have any any goals that you're chasing
1: that's something that weighs on me quite a bit like sort of i knew i knew where i wanted to be i knew where i wanted to get to and i got there and i'm like what's next what's next for me and it's it's a little bit harder now to figure out like, cause I, I'm, I still love tech. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a people person. I'm a people leader, but I still love tech, but I, I've hit that, that point in time where, where it's almost make a decision, um, which really, which way you go. But I think I still need to play with tech. So I I think I'll find, I'll still do what I'm doing. I'll still do DFIR for a little bit longer uh, and then I don't know, maybe do things the way I've always done things. Let's just see what comes up. What's that next opportunity? What is it? Does it interest me? Let's take it. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to plan your entire life in front of you. Um, I'll definitely, definitely feel like an overseas holiday is, is, is on the agenda. So maybe that's, what's going to be next. But, you know, unfortunately I'll have probably two kids or well, fortunately I'll have two kids with me. So it won't be like, like one of those other, uh, overseas holidays. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I just just keep enjoying what I'm doing at the moment. See what lands in my lap.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I I think that it's a good mentality. I I think as like as I've gotten older and I've been in that situation of feeling before. Where you get somewhere and then you're like you feel like you need to keep keep going and and keep going to the next thing. And it's all right to just be like I'm just not going to rush. I'll wait till something pops into my lap or or something really sparks my interest to to move to that next thing and,
1: and I, yeah and i also think like i'm not comfortable in my job as in like and when i say i'm not comfortable is in i'm not at that point where i turn up every day and i'm not challenged um so i am challenged and, you know, and so therefore there's no reason to, to give up on, on on when you're challenged like it, it Keeps challenge a challenging situation keeps me motivated, and so maybe when that starts to to peter off, and I don't really know how it would in our field. I don't know how.
0: Yeah, unless unless you really moved away from technical, I think, like if you're still kind of in that space and and helping juniors and still have to learn yourself, like it, it's it's never ending.
1: Even if you're not technical and and, hands on keyboard, trying to, trying to, you know, find bad, you still have to explain it to the people that that you're doing the jobs for. So you still have to develop an understanding of of what's happened because you can't explain something if you, well, if you don't really understand it yourself. So there's, there's always that, that learning piece. And as I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm still challenged. So, so I'm not really looking to that, to that that next stage and i think you know while we're happy and content with 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 where we're at in life as a as a family um um you know it's all good
0: let's go back if you can remember what did you want to be when you were five
1: yes i can't remember when i was five what i wanted to be but I, i clearly remember and this is going to be hilarious because it will, will really show how misinformed I was. I would have been, I reckon I would have been about 10 or 11. I, I I wanted to build, I wanted to understand CPUs, chips, and I wanted to do that. And I wanted to build those in Silicon Valley with Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's that's what I wanted to do. <laughs>
0: that's not that outrageous of a dream. Like I think, like at, at one point, I'm sure that i wanted to be an astronaut but again like those kind of jobs like you just need to be in the us like no one else no one else or unless you live in like i don't know taiwan where they build chips as well but yeah you just like you need to be in the right place right country like now it's probably a little bit easier that the world's definitely more hyper connected than it used to be yeah, I don't think that's that outrageous. Well, like, it's I think it was more. I think it
1: was more the fact that I wanted to do that with a software company. You know, like I didn't know, like, oh, microsoft that were was the big name, and you know, I'm—I'm—I'm going to go buy build hardware with them. I wanted to go do computer systems engineering and and go build hardware with Microsoft. Although I think they did have a little bit of their own, like, like all in one type. Probably, thing. probably yeah. early on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, Apple did it right. Like Apple like, kept it all together. So, yeah, Microsoft probably did it at some point. And,
1: and then I remember sort of having another thing, like, yeah, I want to for Telstra because, you know, they were the big Australian company or, or Telecom Australia um, back then. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but that, that's what I wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, they're probably the two things that I wanted to do as a kid and I'm probably not as exciting as an astronaut, but, you know, hey. <laughs>
0: probably is more exciting than being an astronaut getting to build the build the chips that go into the rockets that'd be pretty cool although to be
1: fair i reckon if somebody down the road at the space agency offered me a job i'd be like oh well that that could could be an interesting work for the australian space agency and you know just just go do something different with them
0: yeah i I think you do get to a point where it's less about climbing any any type of ladder especially in cyber it's less about climbing any type of ladder it's more about that challenge like we we all love that challenge and problem solving is a huge part i think that's common amongst all of us that if you're just curious, you'll do well.
1: I want to know the answer and, and I want to know why things happen this way. And I might not understand it completely, but I'm going to keep going until I, until I figure it out in a way that I, that I understand it. And yeah, that's, that's the perfect, I think mentality for for cyber. And it doesn't, and I think that's, that's probably across all streams as well. Like it's not just, the technical streams it, it, it's across all streams of cyber that that i've got a customer that has a problem and i need to solve
0: it we have talked about what you enjoy doing getting away and, and playing some soccer when you when you can't do that and maybe it's with your kids like what do you like to do to unwind to to get away from work
1: unwind is now on the push bikes just riding around with the kids yeah that's that's unwind time now which is, which is quite nice like we spend a lot of time in parks and, and playgrounds and riding and and I, I realize that during the cooler months, during the winter months, where it's harder to get out, and I sort of, you know, my positivity on life takes a bit of a nosedive, but then once, you know, we get these, we, these nice warm days and, and out we go, and then, yeah, it's, it's always it's always much nicer just to get out, get air, get away from the keyboard. I can't, you know, I can't sit on my laptop and, and while I'm riding a bike and, and, and send emails or anything like that. I'm sure I could try. I'd probably end up end up in, in a tree or something yeah that that's my sort of unwind and then if it's if it's late at night or whatever i might fire up a, a mario kart or a rocket league or something like that just to you know some, something that's quick i don't i'm I'm not into long running games that's going to take me you know an hour or two to just get to the next stage like let's do a cool had a few wins had a couple of laughs had a few losses out we go done
0: the group of mates that I spend a lot of time with online that I used to game with, they always went back to like League of Legends because at least they were fairly quick games, and and Rocket League was another one that they used to play. And like I, I never got into that stuff. But then like I run out of time to game now. It's the same kind of thing. Like if if my partner's playing something, we'll play some like a quick little game. But yeah, it's too hard to invest time. I think
1: quite often it'll hit eight o'clock at night i'm like i just want to watch something stupid on tv and and hilariously i'm watching that that welcome to wrexham where uh, ryan reynolds and rob McKinley mckelley and whatever it's funny and i'm enjoying it and just like things like that that i'm enjoying watching more than you know, probably some of the other shows that I used to, like, you know, be into, um, which is, I, th- I think that probably comes with my age as well. But then you know, I'm also into, like, I'm watching the the, the Wheel of Time series on Prime because I, I read all the books. So I was like, oh, let's see. Let's see what happens here. And, and, and I'm just enjoying it for what it is like.
0: So, like, I've, I've also gone away from watching a lot of TV. Like, we got rid of all subscription services in the house and everything because it was costing too much and that. What I've actually enjoyed going back to now is setting time aside to go to the movies. And and I don't mind spending the money because it's not that often. I don't mind spending and going to like the gold class cinema. Because it's actually not that much more expensive to go to gold class compared to a normal movie these days. Yeah, like I've I've really enjoyed that. Because then it's it's more than just sitting on a couch and watching something. It's a bit of an experience to like actually put proper clothes on and leave the house. <laughs> leave and...
1: the house, get out of your tracky pants.
0: Yeah, yeah. My uh work from home appropriate, highly adequate branded truck pants that I have that's available in my merch store for anyone that wants to buy them.
1: I was gonna say, and I think you're right, like if you if you're gonna go and do something and you're gonna go out, make the effort and, and enjoy it. Yeah, key, key point there.
0: Yeah, I think investing time more than anything into experiences now is is what I prioritize. Yeah, you, you appreciate your time more when you're so busy with and especially the line of work that we're in, like you'll have especially IR, you'll have months where you just flat out and when you do get the time, then you can kind of you really appreciate the the free time that you get.
1: I think yeah yeah, yeah. and and the, and the other part is is sometimes we need to put our phones down and and not let our colleagues, handle things and we don't have to be just as involved all the time because otherwise we do go through those busy periods as he said and you you burn out, you get to the end of it and you're just like, wow. All
0: right. So finally, the, the last thing we come to, and I, I think we've actually touched on quite a lot of this as we've gone through. So maybe if you have some other piece of advice, but what recommendation would you have for someone who is not in the industry and not probably in a, a technical background already, like a system administrator or that kind of thing for someone who's looking to consider a change into cyber.
1: If you know someone and they can get you a spot, take it. Because you, the thing about cyber and what I've realized is that sort of once you're in and you sort of have established yourself as a person in a field, in the industry, it's very, very easy to move between technical streams. Like skills are transferable. If you're a SOC analyst, you can be a DFIR DF- person, and if you want to go the other way around, you can. If you get a start in, in if you can get a start in system administration and want to pivot into cybersecurity, most IT companies are realizing that that's something that they're going to need. Even the small IT companies. I know quite a few IT providers that are now understanding that they need cyber people. So I think now, now is the time to get your foot in the door. It doesn't matter where because there are going to be opportunities for you. Whereas if you, if you wait and you wait a bit longer, I'm not saying that our industry is going to fill up. There's plenty of time people, but it could be a bit more competitive in the next, you know, five to 10 years.
0: Yeah. The sooner you get in, get in the better, that's for sure. Yeah. it's really good advice. Awesome. Well. Thanks for giving up some of your night, mate, and coming on the podcast and sharing your story and kind of all the tips and tricks you have for the listeners out there. So really appreciate it, mate.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's good to catch up.
0: Yeah, it was. So everyone, nearly all of the content will be free, but if you want to support, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Or you can also check out my merch, like I mentioned, from my website, hardlyadequate.com. We can also get links for all the content and access to the Discord. That's it for this month, I guess, and thanks for listening, and I'll catch you all next time.